You know, it's just really bumming me out, and it's just kind of unfortunate, <laughs> isn't it? We, we just don't ever talk there's about no, there's Honestly, no there, there's pre, nothing for us to talk about. Pre-game banter. There's no pre-game banter. Maybe we're there's just boring. Not. Well, of course we're boring. Like no, like our lives. Maybe it's just so boring well, that yeah, there's no pregame banter. Yes. So let's you know, let's just start the show. <laughs> Hello, is there somebody there? It's the Deliver Us Some Evil podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you know it's really fucking cold in the studio, right? <laughs> like the the uh, the thermostat's been set at like a balmy 55. thirty-five, like a balmy fifty-five <laughs> for like the past month. Because if in you're not units. heating, you're eating. <laughs> yes, in freedom units. Welcome to deliver us some evil. I am icicles on my balls, Elijah motherfucking Noon, and today I am joined by the nipply Mel November. Mel, won't you say hi? Hi there. It's pokey season, isn't it? You're, you got your pokies out. You got your cat in your lap. You're bundled up. You're sitting on your heating pad, and it's still fucking freezing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so cold. But we have a hot, 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 hot story for you today, Mel. Yes. We are covering The Curse of the Crying Boy, yes. which you which obviously I know, know nothing, nothing about, about it. despite you've been it being talking from about your generation. Yeah, like you were like, this is like your generation's like ghost stories. Really? And you're like, I know oh, nothing about this. One. this. Yeah, man. Damn. That's why you got to read the tabloid journals. <laughs> hey, man. Well, I saw Bat Boy. Yeah, but I, I would say that this is way better than Bat Boy. Really? I'm a big fan of Bat Boy. He hails from Kentucky, my hometown. But yeah, the crying crying boy is, is a little bit more spicy. A little <laughs> bit more hot, hot, hot. And uh, yeah, so let's just, you know, let's do it. ignite the flames of this passionate <laughs> story, why don't you? So out there is a cursed set of portraits portraying small children. Ooh, neat. Sometimes boys and sometimes girls, but all of them crying or seemingly experiencing some sort of terror. Ah, Who terror. would paint a portrait like that? Probably some sort of pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I don't know. When you ask Epstein, they probably joined his <laughs> island a few times. Oh my god! Maybe that's where the pa- they were painted. You don't know. Uh, one in particular was of a young ragamuffin. I love that word, ragamuffin. <laughs> the young ragamuffin with large eyes. Like he literally has like large, like Dobby eyes, kind of like you. You've seen this? There. Yes, you've seen yes, the pictures? Yes. There, oh, there are shit. paintings. These are actual paintings. They're no. actual paintings. Not a legend actual of paintings pa- that don't exist. No, these They're are actual, actual paintings. paintings. Cool. Actual. Yeah, so it's a large ragamuffin with large eyes that meets the viewers to st- establish an instant emotional connection through the canvas. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. Complete with fresh tears, the size of pearls just streaming down his face. Oh, my God. The perfectly captured expression of despair evokes a strong emotional reaction. You sure this isn't anime? <laughs> yes, yes. It's They're not a, a cat person or a little schoolgirl with tentacles. Wait, they don't have purple pussy. eyes? They don't have purple <laughs> eyes, no. But just who was this mysterious little boy, Mel? And who painted the damn pictures? Well, that's the question, though, isn't it? <laughs> the paintings were signed by an Italian painter, Giovanni Bragolin. Hmm. I probably fucked up the last name, but I'm American. America. <laughs> Freedom names. <laughs> Giovanni met the, quote, in his own words, the little street urchin in Madrid in the 1960s. Oh, wow. The young boy was a mute orphan with a sorrowful expression that instantly sorrowful... <laughs> My speech impediment has come back. 
revenge of the smooch impediment. Uh, the sorrowful expression, just did it again, Gia. <laughs> Fuck that word. The sad expression that instantly captivated Giovanni, who felt compelled to paint his portrait. I've never been defeated by a word like that on live, <laughs> on air, man. That's, that, oh my God. You you do have permission to make fun of me, Mel. Fuck you, never. Viewers. You can't make fun of me for that, but she can. She's in person. <laughs> Jesus. Giovanni had stopped to paint the little orphan when a Catholic priest came over to issue him a warning about the boy. According to the priest, the boy's name was Don Benillo. And whenever and and wherever Don Benillo went, unexplained fires occurred. Or he just fucking <laughs> set them. Honestly, this whole story—they're unexplained. This is like unexplained fires. It's like he's hmm. got soot all over it, his fingers. Yeah, like, it's it, unexplained. He's got the match in his like the matchbook in his hand. They're like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what started the fire. <laughs> Fucking Catholic priests always wanted to be like demons or some shit. When it's just like a little boy, like a little Spanish boy, just setting everything on fire because that's what boys do. We set shit on fire. I set my dick on fire one time. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how the events transpired, but I set my dick on fire before. <laughs> Playing with fire. I only singed the pubes a little bit. Luckily, I was old enough to have the pubes. It could have been a little way worse situation. <laughs> shit that you bring to this fucking podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's what little boys do. They play with fire. Not much changes when you hit 30. <laughs> We still play with fire. You know, we just go out in the woods and do it legally. You know? Yeah. Like, everyone's, like, no one has an issue with you, like, just chopping down a tree, setting it on fire in the woods. But the minute you go to, like, a schoolgirl's, like, auditorium, set, the, like, the, the bleachers on fire, they're like, now it's a problem. Now we got to get involved and set that straight. Oh my God! Like this is really that big of a difference. No one goes to. I know, seriously. Like, it's like no one is there because no one pays attention to female sports. <laughs> so is there really a victim in that? Oh, and you set their auditorium on fire. I mean, come on. Don Benillo's strange connection with fire started at a very young age, which is surprising because he's already very fucking young. I was just thinking that it was like what he was like two months them. old already setting fires. <laughs> he had run away after watching his parents die in the first fire. Wow. That got really dark really quick, didn't <laughs> yeah, it? it did. Since then, there were numerous unexplained fires in the homes of people he was staying with. Again, they seem pretty explainable. <laughs> the kids setting them. Yeah. Eventually, stories of Don Benillo became so far-reaching that everywhere he went, the locals called him El Diablo. Oh my god. That's one hell of a nickname. Little boy, this little boy. Yeah, El like, Diablo. That is Satan. That is Satan. Do not let him in your house. He will set it on fire. That's the devil. And honestly, I couldn't agree more. That that little fucking street urchin, the little ragamuffin, is a fire setter. Damn. Fuck him. Let him starve to death on the street. At least we know he won't freeze to death. <laughs> Everywhere he goes, it's a hot meal, Mel. <laughs> oh, I'm a piece of shit. The priest warned Giovanni against having anything to do with a child. However, Giovanni ignored the priest's stern warnings and even adopted the boy because he's a pedophile. Because that's the only person I can. I, that's the only way I can explain anyone who's get. He gets a warning from the Catholic priest. He's Spanish. Yeah. Spanish Catholic. Those motherfuckers do not lie about demons. Ever. They're they're worse than the Italians. They sniff out demons from like a mile away. Those motherfuckers are like terminators of demons, right? <laughs> He's telling you that that little boy is the devil. And you're like, oh, I'm still going to adopt him and bring him to my home. 
you, sir, are a pedophile because you only have one thing on your mind and you want to fuck that little boy. Oh, my God. Why else would you bring the literal embodiment of Satan into your home? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just throwing if, that out yeah, there. Yeah, just throwing that out. If you have any other, any other, you know, like <laughs> idea, concept, just shout it out. Let me know. Because to me, I'm not bringing the devil to my apartment. Are you bringing the devil here? <laughs> I don't. I don't usually I, yeah, do that kind of thing. I mean, I, I ch- I'll hang out with the devil. I'll smoke a joint with the devil. I'll fuck a bitch with the devil. But I won't live with the devil. Oh, he I makes see. for a poor roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Always with the poking and the prod and the burning and the screaming <laughs> all night long for all eternity. Never turns the volume down. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> uh, bringing Don. Yeah, so he adopted the boy, Mel. Bringing Don Pinella home to live with him at his studio where Giovanni painted the 60 piece Crying Boy series. What the fuck? Yeah, 60 paintings in the, pe- in, in, in the set. What 60 the fuck? paintings, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to repeat that. Yes, what the fuck? Again, pedophile or not pedophile? <laughs> that is the question. Yeah. Things went well for a while, and there even was a decent relationship between Giovanni and Don Bonello. But it all came to a fiery end when Giovanni's studio and apartment mysteriously set fire. <laughs> I love that. Mysteriously. Mysteriously. That was definitely mysterious. Yes. <laughs> El Diablo is not setting the fires. <laughs> Consuming all of Giovanni's works and ruining him as a painter forever. All of his work? All of his works. After the fire, Giovanni blamed Don Benillo and kicked him out, never seeing the boy again. However, the situation for Giovanni grew worse. When the reports of his studio being burnt down and his connection with Don Benillo became public, rumors of Giovanni being a jinx spread all over Europe and no one wanted to hire him to paint or even to look at one of his paintings out of fear. Wow. Yeah, that kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> your, your whole thing is like, you're, you're drawing portrait. You're a portrait painter, and yeah. no one's like, ah, we're not hiring you, dude. Adopt you one live- ragamuffin yeah. street urchin, and it all no, goes no, to no. hell. It's, it's not adopt one ragamuffin. It's literally do- adopting the devil. You adopt <laughs> the devil, no one wants to hire you. <laughs> like, appearances do matter. Yes. <laughs> Especially, apparently, in the can't 60s and the 70s. Anywhere. You can't take a motherfucker <laughs> anywhere. You, you, honestly, you can't bring the devil anywhere. Which is an odd thing to say since I have him literally tattooed on my shoulder. <laughs> I, I literally bring him everywhere I go. But yes. there's just some places I feel like I can't enter without bursting in the flames. <laughs> like, I try. Like, I, I'll, I'll attempt fate, but I, yeah. you know, not right now. <laughs> Although, the, with the there's way that this... There's a time and a place yeah, for tempting with, fate, with and this the, is uh, not the time or the place. frozen bones I have in this apartment, I would probably very much enjoy being set on fire right now. <laughs> yeah. As time went by, people began to associate Giovanni's paintings with child abuse. Shocker. (laughs) Leading many to speculate that he terrified the children prior to painting them. Some even (laughs) believe that the the children were already dead when he painted them. Oh my god. Which honestly, that wouldn't be that far of a stretch because like, you know, was it like the 18th century, 19th century when like painting dead people was like really popular? (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like it's like right before they were like taking like like pictures of like dead people, like propping them up in their chairs after like grandma dies. Okay, stuff shove a stick up her ass. Yeah, you you never heard of the death portraits? No. Yeah, yeah. It was like a early uh like nineteenth, maybe even late nineteenth century practice where like grandma would die and then you would prop her up in a chair and like take a family photo with her. 
But why like, have I never? I, this is so like, gruesome. Why have I never heard before, of it? Before like photography kind of became that thing, they would like do portraits where like you would paint the person. Yeah, would that take like six hours or something? And they're yeah. gonna sit there next I, to a dead person doing that. Yeah, and sometimes it's just the dead person. Sometimes it's not even the living person there. It's just the dead person. Why would you like? Is that like they, they had poor time management? They couldn't get an appointment to to paint them while they I, were alive. I don't know. Like man. now she got all the time in the world. May as well paint her what, now. What about that one guy who like murdered his entire family after like on Christmas after like oh, getting a right. like, family photo? The, he had the portrait yeah. taken first and, and, and then, then murdered, went and murdered like, them all. Uh, murdered everyone but like his eldest son. Yeah. Sent him off on an errand yeah. and then murdered everybody yeah, else. Off on a pointless errand. <laughs> At least he's... I'm sure he's glad he had that family photo, right? That's the thing. Like it, when you say, like, the family photo, I'm just picturing those horrible Sears photos. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, do you want the pink background or the baby blue sky background? Yes. Both are all equally ugly. You sit on those horrible blocks with the rugs on them and shit. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, no, I'm so glad that I was too poor to afford one of those. And then, like, when I got adopted by rich people, they were just too rich to afford one of those <laughs> they knew better exactly <laughs> uh yes uh giovanni Bragolin mysteriously disappeared into obscurity and with him the story of don Benello. that was until 1976 when don Benello made a reappearance Ooh. yes don Benello comes back oh, with a vengeance <laughs> a call goes out over the radio for first responders at the site of a burning car on the outskirts of barcelona Upon visiting the scene, authorities determined that the car must have exploded after crashing into a small concrete wall. As you do it Hollywood style, of <laughs> course, right? Yes. <laughs> I was trying to do that stealthily, but then the little tab went <laughs> clink, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Gotta get you a straw. Yeah, I gotta get me a, a crazy straw, bendy straw. The devil doesn't like bendy straws. <laughs> However, many have speculated that it was a sudden blaze that exploded the car. They and speculated had nothing, and had nothing with to, no evidence. Had nothing to do with it smashing head on into a fucking concrete wall. Not at all. <laughs> the fire roared and it took them hours to put the blaze out while they all just stood there and watched it burn. Because that's <laughs> firemen are like, like you know, like 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 guys who work on the roads. They're construction workers. One's actually doing everything. Everyone else is sitting there watching the pretty the pretty colors, <laughs> the smoke. They took them hours to put the blaze out, and by the time they did, the body of the driver, as well as most of the interior, were unrecognizable. Yeah, you kind of assume that. Yeah. They burn for hours. Yeah, oh yeah, you could burn You could burn for days. What are you talking about? You could burn, <laughs> you could burn a body for days, man. <laughs> Just need enough gasoline. Not that I know of that <laughs> at all. I am not El no. Diablo. They were able to determine two things from the wreckage. The driver was a young man, and he happened to be the only victim of the flames. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Investigators sifting through the wreckage to find sifted through the wreckage to find an identity of the unknown man found that the glove box had survived the flames, which I mean kind of makes sense, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And it was the driver's license of one. Bon, Don Benillo. Mysteriously, his life began with a fire and ended in a blaze. But that's not the last of the blazes connected to Don Benillo. Really? Yeah, really. Also, that voice, fucking 15 <laughs> minutes of that voice has murdered my throat. Uh, let, me get, let me get some more water here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know how like people who like do that for like hours like just do it. Yeah. Well, they're trained. <laughs> 
glug, 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 glug. I just like that little glug, 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 glug. <laughs> totally professional quality podcasting here, Mel. Yeah. The first ever reported house fire occurred at the home of Ron and Mary Hall in 1985. Wow, this was after he died? <sighs> yeah, after he died, 1985's the first reported house fire. Now, here's a question, Mel. What were you doing in 1985? 1985? I don't know. Apparently not reading the fucking newspaper. That's, <laughs> that's what. <laughs> Uh, otherwise you would have like never missed the story yes uh, you were you were 12 right around the time yeah 12 damn <laughs> were you cute are you a pedophile <laughs> is answering that question make you a pedophile <laughs> things to th food for thought right things to think about so they lived in rotherham uh, which is a small mining town in south yorkshire and if you haven't picked up most of the story is going to take place in england okay uh, a little bit in brazil but mainly england <laughs> <laughs> everybody no, wants two to go to places brazil. i mean i would go to brazil like honestly the only thing that like scares me about brazil is the fact that like one in four women have like aids there and like other forms of like permanent stds that i don't want but they're so fucking hot now hmm. it's like do i roll the dice or not <laughs> that's the real question uh the fire started in the kitchen on the first floor of their terraced council home according to authorities it began with a simple pot fire just hmm. leaving a little bit of grease on the on the stove yeah and the blaze burned the entirety of the first floor and left nothing behind but a painting of a crying boy. Oh, shit. That remained where it had had virtually uh, hung. It remained where it hung virtually untouched by the flames while the wall around it was completely blackened. Oh, my God. That's cool. The halls were unconvinced at the reasoning given behind the fire. So they're like the firefighters. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It wasn't, we didn't leave a pot on the fire. No, mm -hmm. they were convinced the painting was cursed and they probably had good reason to assume that it was cursed. Why? I don't know. <laughs> wasn't this like a few years after the exorcist came out? Oh my God. Was it? I don't I, remember I what think year so. that was. I don't know. I'm going to say like exorcist was like 78 or 79, but I could be completely yeah. wrong on that one. I'm just pulling shit out of my ass at, at that point. <laughs> Should have done the research. Uh, Ron Hall's brother, Peter, was a firefighter. Nice. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, who worked with Alan Wilkinson. And Wilkinson had been on the job for over 30 years, and during that time period, he lo had logged over 50 fires where the Crying Boy paintings had survived. What? Yeah, so the Crying Boy paintings essentially were, like, I'll get into it later, but, like, they were, like, prints. They were, like, a mass-distributed oh, painting. Oh, Okay. And, right. and a lot of the a lot of the paintings in the series were wow yeah so that's why you, just, you see these paintings there it's not like one painting going on it's like a series of like printed you know redistributed okay, paintings right. <laughs> so like how do these people afford to have this this uh, old yes. painting <laughs> it's, it's not old i mean come on it's like what like probably 10 15 years old by this point it's painted in like like the 60s to the 70s and it's like 85 oh, so it's like 20 15 20 years Okay, that's true. I keep thinking it's really old. I guess no, it's not. It's not really old at all. The artist is still. Uh, no, technically he died in eighty one. Did he? Yeah, he, he died in eighty one. The halls were not alone in their experience or theories surrounding the painting. Each fire, while many having perfectly reasonable explanation, less explanations behind it, explanations, explanations, <laughs> left behind a painting in the Crying Boy collection, completely untouched as the inferno raged around them. Oh my goodness! Okay. You, you know you think I'm you think I'm shitting you. <laughs> you think I'm over here like slapping you with my dick meat and going like, "Bitch, I'm gonna gaslight you into thinking these things are haunted," but I'm not. I don't have to. 
<laughs> leaving many to feel uncomfortable in the presence of the paintings. And soon, rumors of the crying boy curse spread. Damn. It, 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 even it does. before the internet, it spread. Yes, even before the internet. <laughs> the, honestly, the internet made it worse. <laughs> As once, it has with so yeah, many like, things. Yeah, like it spread like like herpes in like a local indigenous pop population before the internet. But the minute the internet hit it, it's like full blown AIDS. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dora Mann, a woman in Surrey, lost her house to a fire six months after purchasing a print of the crying boy. Oh, my God. Two sisters in Kilburn had fires in their homes after also buying the prints. One of the sisters even claimed to have seen the painting swaying back and forth on the wall. <laughs> do, do, this is not the haunted painting you are looking for. <laughs> But isn't that creepy though? You're just like buying this bullshit thing at like like a thrift store. Yeah, you hang it up on your wall. Uh, honestly, who the fuck's gonna buy it? I was like, I, that was boy. my thought too. Who's gonna buy this? Oh, there's a child who's is crying. Obviously uh, upset. Oh, yeah. Let me put this on my wall. Let's put it in the living room, darling. Next to the landscape. And then it just starts swaying back and forth. Honestly, at that point, I said, "Get the fuck out. <laughs> I leave the painting there. I I got a new house. I'll buy new furniture. It's <laughs> right, okay. Exactly. It's England in like the 80s. Everything's probably dirt cheap there." <laughs> just go kick a ragamuffin out of like an abandoned home and now that's your home <laughs> uh yeah so uh that, that, a little bit of weird shit going on with with that uh that sister and her swaying painting and then there was a gentleman of nottingham jesus christ i really hate english names for like towns why because it just sounds so like honestly it sounds like it got ripped out of like lord of the rings which i understand is influenced Try robin hood I know, Nottingham's literally in Robin Hood. All right, I was trying to make a fantasy joke because we all know Robin oh, Hood was right. real. And it's not in no way, shape, and form a fantasy. Are you one of the merry men? Uh, I might have been. I might have even been the bitch in green tights. You don't know. I can shoot the an arrow. The bitch in green tights. What yeah, the fuck? isn't that Robin Hood? He's the motherfucker in green tights. I'm just with imagining a bow. you in green tights now. Oh, yeah, but it's a good image. <laughs> Looking like a fat string bean. <laughs> like like a, like a walking pee because I'm just round all the way around, man. I hope you like your split pea soup. <laughs> so yeah, the guy from Nottingham bought a print from a yard sale, so he didn't even get it from the store. He got it from a yard sale. <laughs> uh, after his family, after soon afterwards, his family gets injured in a house fire. His family was sent to the hospital for smoke inhalation. Damn. In an attempt to protect his family from the curse, the man went back to his house to destroy their copy of the painting. When he returned home, he discovered it still hanging on his wall untouched. Wow. Yeah. That's a bit creepy, right? Yeah. A man had reportedly found a crying boy painting while clearing out his late mother's home. Was it connected in her grisly demise i don't know the newspaper didn't say but i'm just gonna i'm gonna assume it killed her in this some is assuming way. that it, it was a grisly demise <laughs> yeah i'm gonna assume that it killed her it caused the heart attack that killed her <laughs> caused the heartburn that killed her yes the heart hey man that's still a fire <laughs> come from a place down under uh, whatever <laughs> I, I had had a joke about burning assholes for that one but i i fucked up the lyrics to the song so i'm not even gonna try it <laughs> You, you make your own connection between to Toto and burning assholes. It's <laughs> a do-it-yourself episode. Yeah, yeah, it's a do-it-yourself joke. <laughs> Hanging it up in his living room, his wife didn't like the way it made her feel and demanded that the man get rid of it. Which, honestly, if you're listening to your wife for, for like a sound advice about art, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's a heathen, and you need to put her in her place. Because the crying boy paintings go in the living room. 
I don't care. <laughs> they always are in the living room, Mel. The living room. That's a living room painting. Yeah. Or a bathroom painting. If you're creative <laughs> enough. Yeah. So she demanded that he get rid of it. And that night, the man literally burnt it in their backyard before going to bed. Later on, <laughs> nice. you will realize how dumb that is. Oh, okay. Uh, that morning, he woke up to find it hanging in their living room. <laughs> okay. Afraid Damn. of what might happen if he tried to burn it again, the man decided to hang the crying boy in his garden shed with a fire extinguisher close by just in case. <laughs> that man is prepared for curses. Yes, he is. The curse wasn't just associated with house fires, however. Soon, businesses started experiencing strange fires themselves. A pizza parlor in Norfolk was destroyed, including every painting on its walls, except for the crying boy. I just want to know. Why the hell would you put that in a pizza parlor? Why does a pizza parlor have paintings? (laughs) And why does it have so many paintings that you put it in plural in a fucking newspaper article? Yeah. I mean, if they're doing, like, local artists, like, the you know, you can buy well, them and well, stuff, I guess. But it might... I didn't really look into this. It might have been, like, a Italian restaurant. Oh. But, to me, Pizza Parlor is, like, the... Like, Just you know, a pizza joint. Yeah, it's a pizza joint. It's, like, if you ever watched, uh, was it Do the Right Thing, the Spike Lee joint about the pizza shop that gets burned down and, then like, the black people riot at the end. It's been forever since I've seen that movie. But, uh, I imagine it's one of those. It's got, like, two chairs. It's white walls. a tile everything. And you if just you're go lucky, to, there's a pinball yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah. And if you're lucky, there's a pinball machine. You just walk up to the counter, and there's, like, some fat Italian greaser who's just like, what do you want? It's, like, cheese. And he, like, snots on the cheese, throws it in the oven, and then, you know, charges you, like, 12 bucks a slice. You know those slices that can't support themselves? They just flop yeah. over, you know? Yeah, the ones you gotta, you gotta like, fold. You gotta fold yeah, them. Yeah, you gotta fold them. You gotta get the New York fold into that shit. <laughs> no one knows about the New yeah. York fold. They don't generally have paintings no th- no and if they do it's more like pictures of like white italians <laughs> just on the wall it's like italian americans it's like rocky balboa is just everywhere <laughs> and so there's so there's just alone rocky balboa they're completely two different things when you go to an italian restaurant <laughs> apparently no one knows that they're the same for fucking person oh i know man <laughs> fucking philadelphia is weird they got a statue of rocky but not a statue of sylvester you fucking really? do the math it's, it's really fucking weird yeah, like Rocky's like a fucking hero in like Philly. <laughs> I wonder why. Adrian. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know they had uh, they had had the painting in the pizzeria. Then the accidents started happening. Uh-oh. A concerned woman from the Isle of Wight, W I G H T, not W H I T E. Otherwise, I would have said white. <laughs> a concerned woman from the Isle of Wight attempted to burn the painting without success and then went to on to suffer a run of bad luck. Oh, shit. They didn't go into what the bad luck was, but she probably tripped, fell, broke her ankle on the way back from the burn pit. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the, to me, that's what like English run of bad luck means. It's yeah. just like you just you, you fall you trip over a rock, you fall off a cliff, you land on a high wing, get smushed by a train, <laughs> and all in like yeah. like one single like one consecutive event. Right. A woman had bought a print with her son when carrying it into their home. He caught his privates on a hook, maiming himself. Oh my I just want to know what, what kind of shitty mother has to be like. Yeah, oh yeah, my son was doing fine. He was doing real fine. He cut his cock on a his cock on a hook. I don't. How does I don't that even know, happen? I don't know how and then how does that like, even get there, But that's what I imagine. Like some cockneyed woman, just like me son. Me son caught his his privates on a hook. Am I close? Am I close I, to the I accent? Don't, I don't. To me, that's just cockneyed as fuck. But I'm also really shitty. But yeah, like, why? Well, number one, how do you catch your dick on a hook that's hanging off a wall? Number two, 
why the fuck would you admit to something like that? Yeah, how does that end up being and, like, propagated? And you maimed himself. So here, here's the question. Is it a slight scratch? Is it a large tear? Did you lose the dick? I'm more interested in the story of the dick than I am of the painting at this point. <laughs> more questions have to be asked. More questions have to be asked. <laughs> that, that, honestly, that reporter didn't do their job well enough. Yeah, we needed more details on that. Yes, we need to know about the status of the cock. <laughs> uh, yeah, then there was a woman who bought the painting back in 1959, and ever since then, her husband and three boys all died mysteriously. Here's my question to you, Mel. You buy a painting in 1959, right? Yeah. Let's assume that you're a woman, you know, in 1959, you're like probably middle-aged at that point. Your children all die, you know, after, after 1959. Your husband died after 1959. Why is it mysterious that the men in your <laughs> life died? Honestly, if all the men in your, her yeah. life died and she's the only survivor, I'd be like, I don't think the painting's related. I think maybe your cooking is related. <laughs> maybe you either killed them with a poor diet. Maybe, you know, you, you just yeah. poisoned them because, you know, fucking women are crazy. Maybe you, you're the only, like, thing that ties their deaths together. Maybe she Lizzie Bordened them. <laughs> exactly. You don't know. The axe swung right into their face and then she's like, the painting did it. <laughs> she's like, I don't know how that happened. Know, she's wiping blood on all, her apron. All I know is that after I bought the painting, they died. <laughs> Back in the 1959. The two are definitely related. Yes, this is like 30 years after I bought the painting. But you know what? It's definitely the painting. Well, six weeks after I bought the axe. Yes. <laughs> I had to replace the handle and the head. So the question is, is it really the same axe? <laughs> when there was the story... Oh, sorry. Uh, then there was the story from Wilkinson himself, the firefighter. The guy who's been finding these paintings untouched and all the... Sorry. Unmolested by the fires. Yeah. And yes. It's a subtle difference. It's, it's a subtle joke. Uh, it's one that really touches you. Nice. <laughs> it's silent. I, I can see you're silent laughing over there. <laughs> uh, we are an audio medium, by the way. Just want to remind yeah. you. Go, ha, 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 ha. It's so real. It's such a real laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, while being a skeptic of the curse and seeing it as a coincidence, he too happened to experience it. The hell did he do? If he didn't see all this shit, what the hell does he even have a print for? I'm, one night, he claimed a scared woman who had read about the curse in the papers left him a print of the crying boy. <laughs> nice. That was her experiment. <laughs> or maybe that was just his excuse to saying, yeah, I, I don't have one of these cursed things. Oh, wait. <laughs> Suddenly I do. Here's this strange woman who came late at night knocking on my door who just gave it to me <laughs> and i fucking took it <laughs> wilkinson then took the painting to work and as a joke he hung it up on the office wall of the fire station within days his superiors demanded that he take the painting down i mean it's a disturbing painting regardless <laughs> yeah, of the curse yes uh, so his superiors demanded that he take the painting down that same day, it was removed, and an oven in the upstairs kitchen overheats, and the fireman's dinner were burned. <laughs> no one was no one was injured, but no, those, those the pork dinner, chops though. Yeah, the, the pork chops were burned. They were mourned. And Frankie was never left allowed to cook dinner again. <laughs> That's the real issue, honestly. Like, I would love to be a firefighter. Like, you like what? Go put out like one fire a month, and then you just get like subsidized meals like have you ever seen those motherfuckers go grocery shopping no. yeah like when i worked in a meat department man they would go and just buy everything they, they <laughs> had everything i've never even had in that cart man yeah. they had ribs they had steaks they had burgers they had chicken i remember it was like during the super bowl yeah yeah it was, it was during the super bowl last year they had literally bought out like thousands of pounds of chicken from us literally all of our chicken just throw them in carts and the firefighters get it i'm like what the fuck 
what the fuck? Why do you need all this fucking chicken? <laughs> what, what the fuck? There's you, lots of fires on the Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, man. Eating better than I am, man. Jesus <laughs> they gotta Christ. You got to be ready to go at a moment's notice. So I'm just I'm just convinced that a fireman's job is to eat, work out, and then maybe spit on a fire every now and then. <laughs> Seems like the life for me. <laughs> so that's the curse. That's the stories of the curse. Okay. Now do you want the truth behind the curse? Yeah. Which this story is kind of like truth is sometimes crazier than the fiction. <laughs> um, not that saying that those stories are fictional. Those are actually all retellings and accounts of the paintings. Yeah. Because that actually was happening. So during the mid-80s, tabloid newspaper The Sun was engaged in a battle for readers with its Fleet Street rival, The Daily Mirror. Now, Mel, yes, you, you're a fan of literature, right? What does Fleet Street so remind some, you of? I don't know. <laughs> to me, like, I always think of a... What's that, what's that fucking... Uh, uh, the, the barber, the killer barber in Fleet Street. What the fuck's his name? Killer barber? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Man, it was like a musical. It had like Johnny Depp in it. It was like... Uh, just something something uh, for, <laughs> see not now like that, I'm oh yeah play. that movie something yeah, something yeah. see i asked you a question i had the name <laughs> i've I never seen the head, movie though and then i uh, and then i asked you the question and then i fucking lost it and now i'm pissed <laughs> but uh yeah it's, yes it's uh the guy's nickname is the fleet the killer barber on fleet street huh. uh it's got johnny depp in it i'm i'm still drawing a blank i'm i'm gonna move forward you've seen a lot of johnny but, depp movies yeah uh, every time i read fleet street i just think of that motherfucker yeah. slicing the mayor's throat oh, with, a, with a straight razor and just dumping his body down to shoot for the woman down below to like turn them oh, into meat my pies god yeah we gotta watch it uh it's a uh, shit it's, it's still there but you know fuck it, whatever <laughs> Yeah, so th- they were in a in a battle for readership with their uh, counterpart, the Daily Mirror. Yeah, uh, which I know you've never read any of those tabloid newspapers, but they're almost as good as was uh, like the New Yorker. I want to say that the New Yorker is, is a tabloid newspaper, isn't it? No, isn't that the one that that's not the one that had the uh, bad boy in it? No, the New Yorker is the snooty one that has the comics that nobody can understand. So yeah, tabloid journalism. Come on, <laughs> stick with it. If you're snooty, then tabloids, <laughs> this tabloid. it's a tabloid for people with a with like, country club membership. Yeah, like 501ks and stuff. <laughs> uh, they were responsible for publishing bizarre stories with tenuous origins, yeah. uh, which I'll, I know you probably have never heard of this story, but this is the, uh, I want to say the Sun's most famous story is the Freddy Star Ate My Hamster story. Oh my God, I've never heard that. Do you even know who Freddy Star is? No. All right, well, you're going to find out. <laughs> so the Friday Star uh, Ate My Hamster is a story in which the son said the Friday Star, uh, I guess he was like some sort of like actor or voice radio dude or whatever. Yeah. He, he, was, he was very famous, apparently, at the time. He was staying with his friend Vince McCaffrey and his 23-year-old girlfriend, Leia LaSalle, uh, where Freddie was returning from a performance in the early morning and demand... Uh, I think it was a comedian. Freddie was returning from a performance in the early morning and demanded that LaSalle make him a sandwich. <laughs> demand demand he, yeah, a sandwich. Dem- demanded that his friend's girlfriend's like, he's like, bitch, get in there make me a sandwich. <laughs> uh, when she refused, he slapped her hamster supersonic which honestly that's a nice name for a hamster it really is. Uh, between two slices of bread and ate the motherfucker <laughs> oh my god can you just imagine just like bam oh, you're not gonna make me a fucking sandwich I'll make myself a fucking sandwich eat your fucking hamster <laughs> slap it between like two rye like slather like like okay do you slather the, the hamster in like mayonnaise or do you dunk him in the mayonnaise <laughs> Like, what, what, what would you do? Dunk him or I, slather? I don't know. I think you dunk I don't him. think mayonnaise goes with hamster, though. 
Or I you think do barbecue that's sauce. Like a, I don't know. I think that's a uh, that's a spicy brown mustard it, sandwich. It might be spicy brown, but it might cover up too much of the hamster flavor. And you definitely want like that salty iron taste of its blood. So I'm thinking like get something that's almost sweet. So either like a, like a mayo or like a honey mustard concoction with some relish. Oh yeah, throw in some relish in there. Maybe <laughs> a little lettuce, tomatoes, and onions, and super sonic sound mad good. But honestly, a hamster you don't want to eat it with bread. You want to eat it with a flat wrap. It's a wrap kind of animal. It's a wrapper. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently, Freddy Star ate this bitch's uh, pet named Supersonic. Uh, the Freddy Star story launched the sun into the stratosphere, but came with big competition to be the first to get the scoop on every other story afterwards. Yeah. Turns out that later and later in his career, Freddy Star uh, was like, "No, we I didn't actually eat her hamster," but it kind of like boosted his career. <laughs> He became more famous after after the story was uh was like you're released. the hamster guy and you're like no you no actually, actually I am yes you're remembering my name I I did eat supersonic <laughs> uh the, yeah so the the story launched the sun into the stratosphere and editor Kelvin McKenzie is credited as being the uh yeah so the first to get the scoop and in order to, to get the scoop every time they start doing really shady things ah. Uh. And so when it comes to the uh, the crying boy, it didn't originate in tabloid journalism. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, Kelvin essentially found it in like another newspaper. It's a small little tidbit that everyone ignored, and made it this big thing oh, for his paper. Oh, I see. And nice. that's essentially him doing that. Has uh, essentially credited him as being the father of the crying boy curse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's, honestly, it was just a small little article about a mysterious home fire where a painting of the crying boy survived. Oh, right. And then that, that was the thing that caught his attention. He's like, yep, that's the thing that's going to make a splash. <laughs> uh, seeing this as an opportunity for the paper, Kelvin embarked on a six-week campaign of sensationalism. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. He managed to get the yeah. story such like fame and renown in like six weeks. Yeah. That's how just fast this was. <laughs> Ensuring that, the, like, six weeks in, like, you know what, like, the 80s, and boom, we're still talking about it in, like, 20, <laughs> like 2023 and some, some, wait, was yeah. it 2023? 2023. Damn, I need to get a calendar. <laughs> uh, ensuring that the sun was the first with the big splash. It was yeah. his, that, that was his thing. He always wanted to be the one with the big splash, which is what I call my dick. It's, it's the big splash, bro. <laughs> it makes a big splash. Okay. So on September 4th, 1985, the Crying Boy paintings received their first article titled Blazing Curse of the Crying Boy. <laughs> Honestly, they could have done with a better naming convention. I, th I think they really could have. This fucking painting's hot. <laughs> hot little boy, El Diablo in canvas or some shit like that, right? Yeah. The devil wears canvas. <laughs> they published it on page 13, of, which of course they published it on page 13. Yeah. It's a page 13 story. Uh, it's Come a on. page 13 story. Uh, it's a very unlucky story. <laughs> they published it on page 13 and it detailed the harrowing experience of the recent victims of a house fire. Who are they, Mel? No, no. Ryan and Mary Hall. Oh, yeah. Nice. Come on. That's the story that he, he picked up on, was from their house fire. Okay, nice. Which honestly, it was just kind of like a like a 
a picture of their house and then like that was it yeah <laughs> that's about all they Couple got of quotes. yeah yeah uh they then wrote a follow-up article on the fifth so the next day bringing with it new terrifying stories from readers who claimed to be victims of the stories oh my god so, that's oh, funny the curse. so that's where a lot of the stories i was reading you earlier oh that's where they came so from they just of, come from yeah, people who wrote like, it like the woman stuff. the woman with the son getting his dick caught on the hook came from that's this what, shit. Oh, okay. Which just makes her worse <laughs> of a mother. Why would you do either, that? Because either A, you're making up the story to get involved with the tabloids in some, for some reason, which now you're making a lie about your yeah. son's dick on all over tabloids so that's are very popular in that era. Yeah. Or B, you're telling the truth and you're just telling a tabloid newspaper so, that, that your son got his dick She also told everybody else, though. Her yes. neighbors, friends and family, oh, yes. the church. She was talking about oh, that. Yeah, she wanted, whether she he wanted was there the, or the not. Story, if, it, if the story appeared in the in the news in the sun she wanted it connected back to them very easily <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> poor kid honestly if that kid doesn't Aww. like end up like murdering women later in life just because of that <laughs> i have lost faith in, in humanity uh so yeah so they they wrote up the the following art follow-up article got a lot of you know crazy people coming out of the woodwork oh, saying yeah. oh yeah this this thing yeah you know this thing is fucking my, i broke my back you know trying to fuck my fat girlfriend earlier and it's the panties fall <laughs> uh which honestly if you're breaking your back fucking your fat girlfriend the question is who's fucking whom <laughs> the readers were captivated and the sun took advantage of their readership because that's what tabloids do yeah by releasing more artic articles more sensational than the last the sun ignored all the rational explanations put forth by emergency services about the fires and even claimed that the firefighters themselves called the paintings cursed <laughs> which of course didn't. yeah they, they never not even wilkinson said yeah uh, once said the word cursed right so he was just straight up making shit up. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah. So on September 5th, they reported that an Essex firefighter claimed undamaged copies of the paintings were frequently found amidst the ruins of burnt homes. <laughs> which, that is a very botched quote from our friend Wilkinson. Oh, nice. The son got so invested in the story that they replaced the painting of Winston Churchill that had hung in their newsroom since the Falklands War with a painting of the crying boy. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Can you imagine that, <laughs> like the fucking like hurt, like the, the just the minds exploding all over England when they heard yeah. that this the, the they replaced Winston Churchill? Come on, <laughs> Mel, Winston Churchill, you never take that motherfucker off your wall ever. <laughs> By the end of October, the sun had whipped the public up in a frenzy to the point that people were terrified of their crying boy paintings oh my goodness emergency services reported that hundreds of calls nationally were made to the fire service by anxious owners of the painting claiming that they were cursed <laughs> that's uh, awesome it got so bad that something had to be done since it was literally in interfering with actual calls <laughs> like people were dying in house fires because of this shit oh my god that's horrible yeah I, I, so you can actually blame the paintings yeah, then for I, those I, deaths i found like two articles about house fires where like families burned up in the house because they couldn't get in touch oh. with like like emergency like their neighbors couldn't get in touch with emergency services oh my god yeah man it's fucking oh. it's it's terrible but it's also kind of funny oh man they were poor people so it's okay you can laugh oh geez. it's not the richies 
Uh, the panic was so widespread that eventually Chief Divisional Officer Mick Riley of the Yorkshire Fire Service was forced to issue a statement uh, in an attempt to debunk the curse. <laughs> nice. Here's his statement. <laughs> the reason why this picture has not always been destroyed in the fire is because it is printed on high-density hardboard, which is very difficult to ignite. Makes sense. There's other stuff in the house that also wouldn't have ignited. Yeah. The statement did little to convince the public, and neither did the fact that, despite the two largest names involved in the case, Mick Riley and Alan Wilkinson claiming to be skeptics of the curse, they never actually seemed skeptical. <laughs> uh, so Seem more skeptical. Y you find that, that in later in life, uh, after... Uh, after one day, uh, or just during the like uh, him retiring, yeah, his retirement party uh, from the service, Alan Wilkinson was. I don't know why I fucked that sentence up. Alan Wilkinson was presented with the print of the crying boy <laughs> on like, the day he was re retiring. Oh god! Uh, however, he had been reported to have given the gift back to the person, stating, "No thanks, you can keep it." <laughs> I mean, it's a creepy painting anyway. Yeah, it's it's a creepy painting, it's, but it's weird. If you're trying to debunk the curse. And yeah. then, like, years later, you're just like, no, I, I don't want the painting. Uh, I wouldn't you, either. You can't it's weird. You accept it publicly, and then on your way out the door, you throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> All right? That's what you do. you got to keep up keep up impressions, you know? Yeah. Appearances. Mick Riley was also presented one as a gift, and he wouldn't he wouldn't accept it, claiming that yeah. his wife believed that it wouldn't fit in with the aesthetic of their house. <laughs> I can't imagine what kind of aesthetic it would fit in with. Uh, pedophile. Yeah, I mean, Pedophile just like... That's, that's the best I got for you, I don't man. know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just imagining, like, the only one I can think of who would appreciate a painting like that would be, like, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, honestly. Uh, although... <laughs> right in there with his clown pictures. I, I did look up prices of uh, Crying Boy paintings. Yeah. Uh, they're in the thousands now. <laughs> but if we could afford one, I'd put one up oh, here. Oh, God, no. Honestly, I, I would start, like, a whole it wall It doesn't match of, like, the aesthetic of us having nothing on our walls. <laughs> well, we got, like, a New York skyline Oh, yeah, that's Maryland, right. We Monroe. have Maryland Monroe. I bought those right. at Walmart for, like, five bucks. <laughs> I've had them for, like, a decade now. <laughs> no, like, I, I, I wanted to start, like, a whole wall of, like, memorabilia. Like, get, like, a Gacy. Get, like, a, get, like, a oh, Crying Boy. Oh, my God. You know, like, yeah, like, like a portrait of Dahmer. Room. Get Dahmer's cookbook. He doesn't have that, but you can buy his glasses. I'd buy his glasses. Wouldn't you buy Dom's glasses? No. Hell yeah, I'd buy them. That way I can like write all my novels through like wearing them and just oh channel his inner cannibal. Oh my god. Yeah, so uh, uh however the con the conflicting statements made by the fire service trying to debunk the curse and the sun's falsifying statements for sensationalism did nothing to quell the masses. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and by the end of October, the the readers were looking towards the sun for a solution. <laughs> and if you're looking towards tabloid journalism for a solution to your curse problems, <laughs> you're fucked. You're fucked, Pretty man. much. If you're ignoring the reasonable firefighters and going for the tabloids, <laughs> yeah. you're a retard. Never vote. <laughs> Kill yourself before you, like, you know, like, dominate the gene pool with your stupidity. Because <laughs> only stupid people dominate gene pools. <laughs> Smart people, they have like one or two kids. They're very pragmatic with it. They plan it out. And that's how you get idiocracy. Yeah, and then like retards just go around, fuck like rabbits, and have like 30 kids, and then die. <laughs> and then those kids fuck like rabbits and have 30 kids themselves. And then just stupidity breeds like AIDS in Africa on a hot Sunday morning with a crying boy painting. 
<laughs> so Calvin McKenzie announced that he had a plan in an article. Enough is enough, folks. If you are worried about a crying boy picture hanging in your home, send it to us immediately. We will destroy it for you. And that should see the back of any curse. <laughs> nice. Do you think it worked? Probably not. What do you mean, probably not? <laughs> not long after the Bouvery, 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 I fucking, why, it's, you're in England. Why has it got a French name? Like, come on. Like, the naming metrics, Mel. Yeah. The Bouvery Street office was a was overrun with crying boy paintings. <laughs> they reported stacks as high as 12 feet in the newsroom. Oh, my uh, God. Cupboards just spilling over with paintings and all filling a little used interview room. Just fucking oh my god uh, that's hilarious uh, they got so many paintings uh readers of the sun had sent in about 2500 copies of the print in total oh my god <laughs> that's so many mm -hmm. inundated with paintings mckenzie had to scramble for a solution to destroy all of them he was like fuck uh, initially he intended to burn them on the roof of the bouvery street offices which that's just a smart that idea just, yeah wow but it was vetoed by not only the london but the times or the thames valley fire brigades yeah they're like yeah no. they're like no you're not you're not allowing we're not letting you do that which honestly would have just been uh, hilarious if you set this building on fire doing this hey whoops because it would have just been like see the curse is real <laughs> uh both refused to cooperate and denounced the whole campaign as a cheap publicity stunt <laughs> Which oh, really? whatever could give them that impression. <laughs> Eventually, reporter Paul Hooper, accompanied by some photographers and their page three girls. That's what they were nice. called, page three girls. I bet you can imagine why. Yeah. Uh, left the headquarters with two van loads of prints ready for burning on a makeshift pyre near Reading. Nice. Yes. And honestly, if you're in Reading and you don't read books, go fuck yourself. <laughs> The Sun splashed the story on Halloween under the headline, Sun Nails Curse of the Weeping Boy for Good. <laughs> so they couldn't even fucking get it right because it's the crying boy, not the weeping boy. Yeah, that's funny. Fucking assholes. <laughs> you created the damn thing. Yeah, seriously. Fucking continuity issues. What were we watching last night that had continuity issues? Hmm. I don't know. What were we watching? Oh, no, time? it was the uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, right? yes. The dude yeah, dies we and were, he said, we no, nah, he appears yeah, later. Yeah, we were watching the cartoon and they had the, uh, we were on the first season and they had like that one, uh, I don't even know what you fucking call it, like the three-eyed cow alien dude. Yeah. And like he dies in an episode. I'm like, because no. Because of Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah, because of Jar Jar. And then like if you like watch the, uh, what is it, the Revenge of the Sith or whatever, the third one in the bullshit prequels. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you see him in that movie. And that movie's supposed to take place after the TV show. Yeah. So continuity Nerd, issues. I fucking hate continuity out. issues. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck all you. Keep keep the continuity like the same. Stay on track. Understand your stories. What was bitch. that about staying on track? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they splashed the story on Halloween, which of course they waited to Halloween. They actually had the bonfire like a week before Halloween. No. Oh, but they waited but they for waited. that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a photograph. A photograph depicted a scantily clad, red hot page three beauty, Sandra Jane Moore. Which, of course, it did. Honestly, I saw that photo. I was like, ooh, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> it was like the early 80s, but like she still had like that 1970s pinup, you know, pointy tits thing going on. And I was like, yeah, yeah I dig that. Uh, she was essentially feeding the bonfire as bemused firemen looked on. <laughs> Which, of course, nice. if you're a fireman watching that scene, you can't be anything but bemused. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Halloween burning was widely believed to have exercised the curse, and the number of tabloid stories began to decrease and eventually disappear. 
Nice. Until March of the following year. Oh, my God. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. Godfather 3 reference. Yes. A columnist for the Western Morning News pointed out that the industrial turmoil faced by News International, who are the owners of the Sun. Yeah. I saw New International and News International. I'm going to go with News International as the the conglomerate that owns the Sun. Which involved uh, strikes and violent picketing at the new Fort Wapping. Wapping. Wapna. Gonna watch some Wapna. <laughs> Go to Fort Wapna. Uh, they were at their new Fort Wapping production plant that began shortly after the paper's bonfire. Uh, he poked fun at the Sun and its editor, implying that the jinx so feared by Kelvin McKenzie had finally been visited upon its creator. which might be evidence of his genuine belief in the curse since after the picketing began, he demanded they remove the crying boy from their newsroom's wall. (laughs) And as tabloid interest waned in the crying boy stories, they began to morph into an urban legend. Nice. Yes. This isn't, I I have an episode planned. It's going to be something down the road. Yeah. I wrote it before this episode and it's going to be like, the prime example, like essentially like a step-by-step on how a story becomes an urban oh, legend. Oh, nice. And we will cover it. And it's going to be fucking awesome. It's one of my favorite urban legends, nice. by the way. Uh, the weirdness behind the story is an urban myth building. So this is like the third act of my script. <laughs> I should have read it differently, but I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Professional quality podcasters. Yeah. Uh, here, let me get another professional sip that's totally stealth. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> At least we can't hear Puka purring anymore. She actually stopped purring. I think she's asleep. Wait, wait. Could you actually hear the glug, 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 glug? Yes. I felt like that was like the longest glug ever. <laughs> All right. So the paintings, the crying boy, was a. So this is just kind of like weird stories. The weird shit that actually kind of has to do with it. Yeah. That's kind of fucking just weird. I know I said weird like four times. But <laughs> weird. If that's the only word for it. So the paintings, The Crying Boy, was a collection of paintings mass-produced by Italian painter Giovanni Bragolin. Turns out, that's the pen name of a French artist, Franchot Seville. Oh. Or Francot Seville, if, you know, whatever. It's fucking French. Uh, who used Giovanni Bragolin on occasion. However, even that was not the artist's real name. <laughs> Francho Seville, or Francot Seville, was a pseudonym used by Spanish painter Bruno Amadio. Oh, my goodness. And Bruno Amadio became one of the most mysterious artists of the mid-1900s, having died in 1981. Oh. Well, yes. This, okay, so he did that way. Well, was he, the guy. Yeah, that was, that was the guy, but he, he's a fucking mystery. Bruno had painted over 60 portraits in his crying boy collection from the 50s through to the 80s with each reprinted and widely distributed through mass productions. The paintings were the only ones of his to reach any sort of success with a certain popularity among English women in working class areas. That's weird. That is a little weird. Apparently English women just love the the uh, the, the horror inflicted on crying children. <laughs> yeah, and that's apparently they're just like, oh, that me pussy doesn't get wet unless a little bumpkin is crying. <laughs> oh, my God. And that was more troll than English woman, but, you know, poor English working class women, I just imagine to be fat trolls. Ah. Uh. 
I think Mary Poppins has ruined me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, uh, the paintings were the only ones of his to reach any sort of success yeah. in his in his part in his uh, collections. They sold nearly fifty thousand copies in the UK alone. Holy shit! And with the advent of the internet, turns out the painting went as far as Brazil in popularity. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so what it's, the it's hell? everywhere. You even found a few in America. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me question. So what? What kind of weirdos out there having crime boy painting? Well, I was going to ask. Did your, did your old apartment have a crime boy painting in it? Oh, the 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 Knickerbocker uh, apartment building. The the one yeah. <laughs> the one where we were playing Minecraft online together. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you actually want me to tell <laughs> that story? Then you had to call me, Mel. My building is on fire. Yeah, <laughs> they our, told me to get okay, out. Okay, that that was more <laughs> the the headphones, the gaming headphones I had were so good that I didn't hear the three like fire engines because I was on the second floor. I didn't hear the three fire engines right outside my window. I didn't hear the the uh, the firemen kicking down doors and hacking them up yes. with axes to get people out of there. Yeah, I just. Like, like heard like like I I felt like heavy boots like approaching my door. I put my head out. I just see firefighters running around. <laughs> People are got like their cats and like their little like like holding like boxes running down the hall. I'm just like, should I be worried? And one of the guys was like, well, you might not want to be here. So like, I had to call him like, hey, can I sleep on your floor tonight? <laughs> Turns out it was a, it was a minor fire that people were just freaking out about. But then uh, in recent news, the the, the, the building is called the Knickerbocker. It was like an yeah. old like hotel that used to be like an old brewery or whatever. Got turned into really shitty apartments when, yeah. by the time I got there. <laughs> uh, they, re they recently had another fire on the second floor. Uh, faulty wiring, which oh was, was no, uh, oh, yeah. no surprise because like the, the whole floor would just randomly like run out of juice and like just yeah the, you'd like, be like late to yeah. work and you're like yeah my alarm didn't go off because the power's been yeah. out for two days yeah the power's been out for two days <laughs> for no reason too because like the the bot the first floor and the third floor got power but yep. for some reason the, the second floor didn't turns out the wires were more duct tape than they were copper <laughs> but yes yes uh, so I'm assuming there was a crying boy painting in there somewhere <laughs> there had to have been man there had to have been <laughs> that building was cursed. There's like six. It was a huge building. It had like 100 units, and only six of us lived there. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck? Rats everywhere. Lots of rats. Oh, my God. Um, it wasn't even my choice to live there either. My ex wanted to live there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So, despite the popularity of some of his paintings, art historians literally could not, you know, had a hard time in tracing his work. And uh, yeah. since he did not have a, in their opinion, a coherent biography. Oh. Which either means that he literally only painted these and nothing else, he doesn't exist to begin with, or <laughs> the story of him losing his studio and pretty much most of his work yeah. is the reason why you can't find shit about him. Yeah. Which, it might be a mixture of all three. He seems uh, pretty obscure. Yeah, yeah, he does. So despite them sharing the same opinions as critics calling the work kitsch, so it's popular, but, you know, That's kitsch. why it's popular among housewives. Yes, because yes, they're all kitsch. Can you describe the word kitsch, Mel? Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> I can picture it like kitschy kitchen stuff and stuff like that, but I don't know. <laughs> kitschy kitchen stuff, really? <laughs> Did you just say that sentence? Like the yellow aprons with like like the floral print, but then they got like a blue blouse underneath <laughs> it and it just clashes. <laughs> it's like the doors just clash. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm more of the boho type. I, I'll pretend like I know what that means. It's, I don't didn't know what it meant either, except that every time I go searching for stuff on Etsy, I'm like, "Ooh, that's cool!" And like, it's all listed as boho. It, wh whichever <laughs> style gets you to stop spitting in my sandwiches, I'll be okay with. What? Yeah, I know you spit in my sandwiches. 
the hell are you getting that from? You're always spinning my sandwiches. You're like, put this muffin, make Are you trying to start an urban legend? peanut butter jelly sandwich. Adds extra flavor, though. It's nice texture. <laughs> you know, because, like, like no one likes the sandwich, the peanut butter and jelly, when, like, the peanut butter and the jelly, like, don't, like, like, like they, they form, like, one gelatinous mass because it gets stickier. Yeah. So you want something in between to kind of keep them separated. And that nice layer of loogie, it's just... Where are you even getting that from? That's I a bizarre thing food. to Come on. Ah, oh, my goodness. You spend my food, but we're going to move on. Not only that, but Amadio is not the only artist to have paintings attached to house fires in The Curse. Oh. Turns out that Scottish artist Anna Zinkinson, or Zinkinson, uh, fucking supposed to be Scottish, but I, I just read it with the German accent every time. Uh, Anna Z, I'm just going to call her, similarly featured uh, crying boys and girls in a lot of her paintings, oh. of which have become a part of the crying boy collection. So oh, it's not just not his even work. the same, just yeah, one artist. It's two artists at the very least that have had their paintings featured in these house fires yeah and sometimes they have found the both paintings in the same house oh my goodness yes however anna's works that appeared in the legend of the curse of the crying boy was actually a part of her own larger series of studies called childhood so she wasn't just painting crying children <laughs> she had a yeah. bunch of different emotions it was that amadio weirdo who just had a bunch of crying children yeah he only did one emotion. Uh, however, <laughs> yeah. Anna died in 1976. Oh, okay. Yeah. The uh, only common denominators were that all paintings were examples of cheap, mass-produced prints sold in great numbers by English department stores during the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, that's still kind of weird, though. It is a little bit weird. Uh, despite the tabloid headlines and the intense fears of the public regarding the paintings, there were plenty of people so emotionally attached to their paintings that they refused to get rid of them. Oh my goodness! That's Which, so again, weird. If you're not a you know like a like a butt knocker, what the fuck are you doing with them? Why are you that attached? Yeah, you can't get rid of them. Weird. Like, honestly, though, like if I had a painting and then I was reading somewhere that the painting was cursed, as like a podcast owner of doing like the weird macabre shit, I would still keep it. Oh yeah, of not course. because I'm emotionally attached to it, but because now it's a collector's item. <laughs> it officially became like the minute a painting I own becomes cursed. Oh yeah, that's collector's item right there, <laughs> right there. That's gonna get a prominent spot too. Yeah. Uh, while some mediums seem all right, yeah. So the, this starts involving mediums. Uh oh. So everyone comes out of the woodwork trying to come up with a, a solution, come up with a reason behind the shit. Even mediums get involved, which of course they fucking do. <laughs> yeah. While some mediums seem to think that the paintings attract poltergeist activity, others think that a portion of the subject's misfortune had attached itself to the painting. Hmm. This had led mediums to claiming that the spirit of Don Benillo resides within the paintings which is an ancient esoteric thought among Europeans that believed a portrait traps a portion of the person's soul in the canvas forever. You saw that with the story of Dorian Gray, uh, with the advent of photography. Motherfuckers were just like, no, don't take yeah. my picture. And that's why you don't smile in pictures. Is it? Yeah, it's one of, the, one of the reasons. You don't smile because it gives them an extra doorway into where you, they oh. can steal your soul. But also, it was kind of like a formal thing. Paintings and pictures were very formal back yeah. then. Nowadays, you got Snapchat whores with their tits <laughs> out, smiling, showing all their crooked-ass teeth, yeah. knowing they're going to get ten grand a pick of their feet. Uh, but yeah, no, pictures weren't always as informal as they are now. Right. Especially when you started taking pictures of people's buttholes. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing now. Women are just, like, women won't bend over backwards to make me a sandwich, but they'll bend over backwards for a Snapchat photo. 
Jesus. As long as I get a sandwich out of the out of the deal, is there really an issue? <laughs> I just want a sandwich now. <laughs> uh, Mel, it's an audio medium. We don't yeah. like any dead air. Sorry. Yeah. So. Uh, Import poltergeist activities, the spirit Don Benillo resides within the paintings, esoteric thoughts. They even refer to Don Benillo as a fire genie. A fire genie. Nice. Fire genie. Do you know what a fire genie is, Mel? A type of genie. What's a fire genie? <laughs> it's a subclass. <laughs> if it was Monster Hunter, it would just be a recall. Would you have to roll a nat 20 to <laughs> douse it with a water bottle? No, but I'd probably use water or ice to fight it. Jesus Christ, you're such a nerd. <laughs> and you called me a nerd for picking out the continuity Hey, man, I got to play Monster Hunter yesterday, so I got yes. it out of my mind. Uh, they are people who can't avoid knowledge of fire because they can't avoid setting things on fire. That must be inconvenient. Yeah, so essentially uh, we're talking about uh, telekinetic uh, sources of fire, like fire stars, pyromancers. Yeah. There, has been fi- there had been fire starters in the past, like telekinetic medium Nina Kulagina. Which I don't know. Have you ever heard of her? No. We may cover her at some point. She's a Russian psychic who was famous for uh, psychokinesis. Yeah. To the point where, like, she's really she's well documented. Like, there's videos and like pictures of her literally doing it. Which psychokinesis is setting fires with your mind. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm so flummy right now. <laughs> I, I do apologize. It's probably the grossest thing. Like, I had to really just like get it there because it's just, like back of my throat this entire time. So since Don Benillo is seen as a telekinetic fire starter who couldn't control his powers ever since he was a little kid, yeah. it's likely that a piece of his powers, at the very least, not if not his soul, attached themselves to the paintings, and that is what's causing the fires in an attempt to free itself. So, so then I'm assuming since it attached to the painting, then a copy of that energy went into all the prints, yes. right? Into uh, the 50,000 yes, prints. that's how it happened, Mel. <laughs> 50,000 at the very least. Yes, because when you photocopy something, it brings the evil spirits with it. Right. Come on. Right. Get the, Xerox it. built that right into the, the process. Hey, fuck Xerox. <laughs> uh, the popularity of the paintings reached Brazil in the 80s. So hmm. it's a little, they're a little later to the game. With many believing that the paintings were of dead children oh. and contained subliminal messaging possessing their powers uh, to set houses on fire. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. Possessing their owners to set their houses on fire. It's, so oh my, they, they, the they, legend grows. Yeah, the legend does grow. Uh, honestly, I like the whole subliminal messaging thing, though. That that's a new that was, one. That was popular in the eighties, though. It that was. was a big thing. Well, I, I mean, encountered that at school. Yeah, you have MK Ultra. It was like really big in the eighties, and we will cover Project MK Ultra. Turns out that shit was real. So were the, some of the advertising with subliminal messages yeah. in it because they showed. I saw some of it in oddly enough shop class. Yeah. Just because I had a teacher who was bored and was like, hey, look at this cool yep. stuff. Yep, and then uh, was it, uh, we're, we're going to cover uh, Ty Kaczynski with his brainwashing shit from the CIA. Oh, yeah. That was MK Ultra right there. So, yeah, yeah all that subliminal shit was actually real. Uh, I don't think it was in the Crying Boy <laughs> painting, but then no. again, who yeah. knows? It is mass-produced. <laughs> That's true. It's a mass-produced picture of a crying boy. Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah, so uh, th- they believed to possess their owners to set their houses on fire. There were even claims of Giovanni Bragolin 
going on a popular Brazilian television channel. So it's it's Amadio going under Giovanni. Yeah. Uh, he was on a Brazilian television channel that was very popular where he admitted making an evil pact with the devil oh just my to sell God. his paintings. <laughs> Not to make the paintings, but to sell them. <laughs> Which, honestly, that could just be him saying, I signed a contract with a big corporation. It's like the same thing. He apparently uh-huh, that's and, true. Yes, yes, it is. And if a big corporation wanted to buy our show, I would definitely sell out in a heartbeat. Fuck all you motherfuckers. <laughs> For the right price, you can buy anything from me, including my soul. <laughs> he apparently ended the show with the advice to toss all the copies before people... Uh, all the copies people possessed so he's like get fucking rid of them thank you for buying them but get rid of them (laughs) uh then there's the issue of don benillo not being bruno's only subject connected to fires oh my goodness you see don benillo was not the only uh what would we call model i'm just gonna call him subjects he's not the only subject for the paintings oh wow uh, one of the lesser-known models of the series of paintings was a unnamed gypsy child whose family placed a curse on on Bruno. Oh. Uh, he painted the boy's portrait just hours after the tragic death of his family in a caravan fire. Oh, my God. A, a little bit that's cold. That's grotesque. That's, that's a little just, you know, you got to be sensitive. You gotta have a little bit more. It takes tact. poor. It takes poor but taste to new levels. It, it does, but he was like so transfixed with the boy's crying face, which I will never say the sense. I'm so transfixed by that boy's face, right? Um, but yeah, he just felt compelled to paint it. So he's like, "Sit there, little gypsy for boy, six hours, and let me paint you for six hours while your family burns to a crisp in the background." Yeah, he might have actually painted it into the background. I don't know. <laughs> That's part of that subliminal messaging, right there, right? Yeah. Then this, uh, so this story takes us to the 90s. So in the 90s, right, 1990s, reports of the Crying Boy fires began to appear for the first time from other parts of the world. Oh, wow. However, none of them were covered by the papers, and they eventually found their way onto the internet oh, and forums of course. And yeah, the internet yes. vacuuming up all the crap yes. that otherwise would have disappeared. Uh, so have you ever heard of Tons Lemon? No. I didn't tell the story either. Tom Slemon is the author of Haunted Liverpool, uh, which is a series of books uh, which he wrote, which are presented as nonfiction but are largely unreferenced. Oh, okay. The stories are written in a tabloid-esque manner that emphasizes entertainment over verifiable evidence. They are presented in an entertaining way which appeals to a mass readership. Yeah. That's the kind of writer he is. It's the kind of writer <laughs> I will become. People regained an interest in the curse after BBC rate so he he actually covered the crying boy in a lot of stories yeah. in those series and then there's even more interest because uh, of the BBC radio show uh, BBC Radio 4 uh, did a production called Punt Pie. Now, I couldn't figure out what date they did this in, so this might have been late 80s, early 90s yeah. that they did this. Could have even really been like right around the same time as, as it's happening. But I'm putting it in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, okay. just because, you know, fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Steve Punt is a British writer and comedian invest- who investigated investigated the curse. Nice. Yes. The conclusion reached by the program following their tests were that the paintings were treated treated with a cheap fire retardant varnish. <laughs> and this that the string holding the painting to the wall would be the first to burn away, causing the paintings to fall face down, thus being protected by the fire. Oh my god, that's other hilarious. tests conducted showed that the hardboard was also hard to burn, which likely aided in the lack of being able to set it on fire. 
Yeah. Watch that story about the guy burning his picture and then reappearing on the wall. It's really dumb because that's the only story you really have of anyone successfully burning it other than the uh, bonfire. Right. Every other part of the story is you can't fucking burn the thing. <laughs> so that's why I yeah. said that's really fucking dumb. Pay yeah. attention to that. It's stupid. <laughs> um, however, these, these tests are kind of equally as stupid because it's just the equivalent of them like putting it on something, setting it on fire, and just watching it just fall and go, yep, that happened every time. <laughs> it happened this one time. Purely but scientific. It happened every other time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's scientific as fuck, man. I mean, come on. You got a comedian doing it. It's scientific as hell. <laughs> we all know comedians are the most scientifically sound people in the world. Of course. <laughs> Them and Democrats. They love science. <laughs> science and reason above all else, Mel. Come on. Yeah. And the several unexplained house fires, once again connected with the crime boy paintings that occurred in the early 2000s. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's oh, wow. more. Inspired more shows, more books, and more experiments to debunk the story. Yeah. Despite the various attempts to debunk the curse, people have continued to believe leading to newer variations of the curse. Uh, and new rules, too. Uh -huh. Some of the rules are placing the portrait of Don Benillo beside the portrait of one of the crying girls reversed misfortune and brought about good luck. Oh, my goodness. That's or, a formula. Honestly, though, I, I, have to, I have to agree with Don Benillo's spirit. Whenever someone presents me with pussy, you can have all the good luck you want. <laughs> I don't need to set the house on fire because I got some pussy. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Pussy can save, save entire families from being burned alive. Nice have you not picked up on that theme a lot a lot of people are going to be covering have killed because their dicks don't work oh uh, i know that's one of your your show yes yes pussy saves the, the world the belief systems of eli the belief yeah. the the world according to eli yes so d ladies out there please please do society a favor get that weird guy that you're not going to give any give him some you may be saving his workplace from from an attack okay <laughs> please just give him some pussy save the rest of us <laughs> uh, these stories have evolved and were birthed by different online groups, such as the short-lived Dutch Crying Boy Fan Club. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but many of them have since disappeared with the exception uh, to the forum on, unexplained, on the Unexplained Mysteries website. <laughs> which, of course, Unexplained Mysteries has yeah. their, their forums active. Yeah. Then there's the further sensationalism of the story with William Shatner's show, oh my Weird God. or What? <laughs> uh, where they examined the curse of the crying boy in season three, episode four, back in 2012. Nice. Which I saw that episode. It's nice. I was it. Yes, we actually have to try to watch Unexplained Mysteries yeah. and Weird or What because I used to be really big into, into those shows. <laughs> and then there was the rumors of Steve Punt keeping the painting he used in his experiments on his porch because he wasn't taking any chances. That's funny. That's an intelligent man. He doesn't necessarily believe in the curse, but you don't take fucking chances with that <laughs> shit. So whether you believe in the curse uh, or not, uh, had become uh, it had literally become an important facet of modern culture worldwide, with a resurgence in legends of just haunting paintings in general. Yeah. Uh, back in like the early two thousands, that's when you got a lot of the Dorian Gray shit coming back. Oh yeah. Um, I think they made a movie in the like the twenty tens. Uh, I think there's like a TV show in like 2015, 2016 called Sabrina. It was like a darker remake on the Sabrina Teenage Witch fucking oh. dumb shit story. This one's a little bit darker, but they have a character in there who's like dorian gray i guess he like runs a bar or some shit so it kind of comes back in uh in a, in a big way i think was was it uh the uh was it the league of extraordinary gentlemen was in that early 2000s 
I don't know. I don't. Uh, it might be. Yeah, that had Dorian Gray in it. That's probably oh, that's the only right, reason why it had Dorian Gray in it. That's right. So yeah, a lot of that shit kind of. Like, honestly, it's all just Dorian Gray because <laughs> no one else knows any other like story about haunted paintings from like, li- <laughs> like English literature. Yeah. I know I don't. Do you? No. No. But yeah, so that came back. Uh, and it honestly kind of became a trope in horror movies. You see, even as recent as the It movies, It and Sinister, because. Uh, the haunted paintings, because uh, in, in it, it possesses a painting of a weird, ugly woman, yeah. and it attacks one of the kids. And then Sinister is literally about uh, using cameras to photograph these murders, and then it's like a demon that ghouls, like, you know, upset. Which that guy's actually based on real esoteric thought, but it's just interesting. Yeah, I actually do yeah. know a story of a, of a of haunted a, painting. Do yeah. you? I'm trying what to think that? if it's, I think it's called maybe the lithograph. Yeah. I'm trying to think, but it's, you know, one of my. They're all my favorite stories, though the the mid late nineteenth century yeah. Gothic. Yeah, yeah, they get yeah. It is English because mm-hmm. they get this lithograph and they and it's and it's weird. It's just like somebody in a window, and okay, then they I look think, at it I later and they're like, "Wait, one. there's a figure approaching from a field." And then as they watch, the it, thing it goes up closer, and like yeah. it, I don't know if it kills the kid or steals it or whatever, but yeah. that's a really good story. Yeah, no, that, that that's pretty much Sinister right there. Yeah, um, we got to watch Sinister. <laughs> oh my god that's really good uh yeah. the popularity of the story has made it a uh, popular urban legend even jacked up the prices of paintings that remained which, oh, like yeah, i said of course people were buying these paintings in the 60s and the 70s for like five bucks yeah now they're like five thousand <laughs> while at first the re and they're, they're reprints too yeah that's funny yeah it's fucking weird while at the first while at first the reprints were only a few bucks yeah they're five thousand bucks right there and that's something i am sure not even don Benillo and bruno amadio could have ever predicted no <laughs> no and uh that's it that, that's all i got that is the the crying boy that is all the weird shit behind it it's kind of a weird story it is, it is, but I mean, it it speaks to how ambivalent we feel yeah, about it. You it know, does, and just like like how dumb tabloid journalism is, like, <laughs> is but like how successful it can be because the entire yeah. story is just generated from tabloid journalism. There's no like, yeah. like, like here's this little dumb fact, a weird thing with this painting survived a, a fire, and boom, it just exploded from there. Yeah, we obviously have an appetite for those kinds of stories. We do, well. and honestly, <laughs> we should never stop spraying asbestos on paintings. Because we're like, come on, we got rid of asbestos and everything, and now we just, we don't have cool, interesting shit to write about. <laughs> like, have you seen tabloid journalism? It's like, you know, Marilyn, I've seen the internet, Marilyn yes. Monroe. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe takes a shit, and it looks like Harry Houdini. It's like, oh my god, not really interesting shit anymore. It's kind of yeah. boring. It's it's almost like reading like the Times Union. Honestly, it's like reading the Gazette or uh, the New York Post. <laughs> it's all just like, come on, man. It's all the same. What's the one, what's the one that Bezos uh, bought? The uh, Amazon owns. I don't know. Oh, what the fuck's that? It's a, it's a New York-based newspaper too. But anyways, Amazon bought a newspaper and it turned into tabloid journalism. Yeah, it's makes all sense. just yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but uh, that's all I got. I honestly, the Crying Boy is a very interesting story in general. Yeah. I I did enjoy researching it. It's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Just in general, <laughs> they're like, oh, this boy's setting house on fire. I wonder what's causing this mysterious fires. Yeah. And then it's not even like it's a nice, pleasant painting or whatever. It's fucking creepy yeah, on it, its, it's own. It's a creepy. Uh, painting i'll show you a picture of the painting oh yeah it's kind of like what the fuck but also <laughs> the the fact that you don't even know if the painter is real 
Like, yeah. I don't know if I stress that enough. Even like the name Bruno Amadio, it's connected to all these things, but there's no like you know, you know, paint historians can't find anything on this fucking guy. That's funny. So it might just be a giant corporate painting generated bullshit <laughs> that just yeah. got mass produced. And people were just like, Yeah, Bruno Amadio, that's really you. they just threw like, some like weird Italian guy's name on there. Like, yeah, that sounds it's like all a painter. It's all retcon. It's, it's all in the matrix. You're all just ones and zeros. Yeah. It's time to take your red pills because you all took the blue pill. Uh, on that know do we have any announcements mm, no i don't think so no. i don't know what i don't know what you have in the works for uh, um i am planning I, I i know i've been blue balling you guys for a while on some of this stuff uh we have cut down our, our shows to uh from from two to one a week just because you know researching i'm getting bogged down in the researching and i yeah. got other stuff i'm working on projects outside of the podcast that i'm not quite ready to announce and probably never will announce but i am putting uh devoting more time to that too yeah so we'll still do at yeah, least one yeah episode we're still gonna week. do one at least one episode and then on like special occasions oh, that's right we're the gonna, valentine's yeah, day special val- coming out it's a couple weeks but yeah, yeah. we'll probably yeah, i'm working on is something special for that it's not gonna be a case that you would expect to be uh related to valentine's day because yeah. it's not related to valentine's day i just like the case and i think it's got <laughs> a lot of love in it and i'm putting a lot of love in it yeah injecting special it with all my love. love yeah so we will be doing that that yeah. won't be considered that week's uh, episode. Yeah. But uh, I plan on getting back into the Carla Homolka. That's right. Ben Bernardo uh, thing. We will be finishing up uh, the, the Kenton Killer. Uh, yeah. That's going to be next week's episode. We're going to be covering him, finishing up his series, because I know I've been blue-balling you guys for him for a while. But the yeah. Carla Homolka will probably be the only uh, killers that we cover for a while, yeah. since we're only doing one episode a week. And we got like three or four episodes out of, <laughs> out of, out of yeah. them. So we we got a while with them, but I'm going to be covering a lot more urban superstitions, a lot more ghost stories, a lot more local stuff. There's a local story I'm currently researching right now. It's going to oh, be that's nice. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we got a lot of good stuff in the works. Yes. And we uh, do. yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. That's all my plugs. <laughs> you got any plugs? Got any hair plugs to stick in there? I really don't. Uh. Yeah. No. And uh, I think on that note, Mel, what do we always end off with? Don't Don't fuck fuck in in the the woods. woods. All right, good night. Thank you. Those of us that deliver us some evil want to thank you for listening. All of our episodes are available at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. For the latest news, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash deliverussomeevil or email us at deliverussomeevilpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, don't fuck in the woods.